0: We need to learn to pray together in the quiet times so when the crises come, there's a natural desire for us together to come into the Lord's presence.
1: We need to go to Him, to thank Him, to begin the day with gratitude.
2: This is First Person. Welcome to this week's conversation. I'm Wayne Shepherd. And in a few moments, you'll meet Chuck Christensen and later his wife, Winnie, who both have been longtime faithful followers of Christ. Each week, our desire is to present guests who, in a variety of ways, demonstrate obedience in following after God and His call in their life. And we meet all kinds of people through first person, each of whom teach us a little more about how God prepares us and uses us in His kingdom. If you're a new listener, these weekly interviews are all available a variety of ways. In addition to the radio program, you'll find us as a podcast on iTunes and a variety of apps, including our own First Person Interview app, available for both Apple and Android devices. Plus, you can listen right on our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Our guest now is Dr. Chuck Christensen, who for many years served the Lord in Christian radio and on the communications faculty of the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. Now in his 90s, Dr. C was also known by many children growing up as Sailor Sam on a popular children's radio program. Later today, we'll be joined by Winnie Christensen as well. But I started by talking with Dr. Chuck Christensen about his early life, serving his country in World War II.
0: Well, I originally went into the Army, drafted, and I was at Camp Grant, which was a camp that was outside Rockford at that particular point. And because I had had some experience in high school with shorthand and typing, the Army needed mail Shorthand uh, writers and takers and uh, typists. So I was put into a business school at the Medic of the Medical Corps. A little bit after that, I was sent to the University of Wisconsin for nine months. And then, uh, after that program closed, which was an advanced training program, a man came and interviewed a number of us at Wisconsin. Would you like to come to England and become? part of the OSS, and we need coders. Was the war underway at this point? All the way was very much so. This was in 43. So the war had been going for about a year and a half, two years. Mm -hmm. And so I arrived in London along with 39 of my companions, discovered that all of these code jobs had been taken by British civilians. So what, what was next? Was it KP, or was it going to be guard duty, or was it going to be motor pool? Well, I didn't have any skills in any of those except washing dishes, <laughs> but uh, they discovered that I had uh, secretarial skills, so I was recruited to become a chief clerk uh, in the communications office of the OSS.
2: Now, OSS—that's that's secretive stuff during the war. It
0: was. That was the um, that was the wartime equivalent of foreign service of gathering information for the armies so that we could successfully prosecute conflict on the continent, especially because by that time, we were very close to be invading France. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was that like
2: for you at that age to be in London suddenly? And and, and London was, I mean, that was not a, a safe place itself.
0: No, it wasn't safe. And yet... In the time I was there, I never was near any of the severe bombing damage, which came first from traditional bombing, which is high-altitude bombing, where they went after factories and rail yards, et cetera, to the V-1s, which were buzz bombs. Mm-hmm. And there were about 5,000 of those that were launched toward London. And then there were about two or 3,000 V-2s, which were stratosphere rockets up in the stratosphere and down again.
2: So uh, that was all new warfare by the way. It right? was, yeah. At so that it, was, it must point. have been uh, people must have been uh, very fearful of what was going well,
0: on. Well, they certainly were and uh, they had withstood this tremendous bombing in the bombardments the early part of the war and they had, they had met that and have won in a sense and then along came the buzz bombs. And when they hit the ground, they didn't sink into the ground. They rather hit the surface and spread the blast out. So there was tremendous physical damage Mm. as well as human damage Mm. from the buzz bombs.
2: Yeah, You came home after the war. I did. What was the next step in your life?
0: Well, I finished off college. Okay. I went uh, across the river from my town, hometown Aurora, to Aurora College, which is now Aurora University.
2: Did you have a career path in mind at this point?
0: No, I didn't. I um, really didn't. I, although I was interested in the possibility of Christian ministry, and the reason that was because when I was in uh, London, I heard Armed Forces Radio for a while. And I noticed that in the Armed Forces Radio, there were some Christian programs. And I said, oh, radio, the gospel, the two go together. So that sort of triggered something in my mind and heart about the possibility of being involved in some kind of Christian radio ministry. Because of that, after I finished Aurora, I came into Moody as a student in the fall of '47. And uh, when there, then I, after there for a while, I applied for a job at WMBI, which I um, secured about 1948. Uh, it was a part time job announcing and writing.
2: <laughs> Did you come to school in the GI building? Yes, I did. All right.
0: I was fortunate. Just like most young
2: men of your generation.
0: The, most of them took advantage of that, and it was a great gift from the government, really from the population of the United States.
2: Yeah. But you said there's something about Big Ben and radio <laughs> that you, you hinted at a story a well, few moments ago before um, we started I was, here. Uh,
0: when I was in London, I re- suddenly remembered that that's where Big Ben is. And as a boy in my early teens, I listened to Big Ben chime out the new year over radio. It so happened that uh, NBC, I think it was, picked it up from London and broadcast these wonderful golden tones from Big Ben. And I had an idea. Now, this is really crazy. I had an idea that maybe I could get some friends together, go down to Big Ben, and uh, they would broadcast it again, and we would yell "Happy New Year," "Hello, <laughs> hello," uh, "Hello, America,", America. etc. <laughs> and I wrote to my mother to alert her that I was going to do this. Now, this was in the um, the fall of or uh, in the, the transition from forty three to forty four. Uh-huh. So I did that. I actually got three or four guys to go with me down by Big Ben. We stood at the base of it. Couldn't get too close. But the chimes began, and we yelled and shouted and hooted and hoorayed uh, for <laughs> Happy New Year. And I waited anxiously for a reply from my mother. She wrote and said, they didn't broadcast it this year. <laughs> so All, all of that our, for nothing. <laughs> that's right. And all of these – Silly Americans, I'm sure, as the Brits thought we were.
2: But it gave you a great memory.
0: It did, a great memory,
2: yeah. <laughs> All right, so let me take you back to the States now. You're a student and working at Moody Bible Institute. Yes. Uh, of course, the, the radio station there is WMBI. We're being heard on that station and many others right now. Yes. But that station was uh, where you served for many years. What was, what was your first job? You, you were well, a student at the
0: time? I was a student at the time, and it was an announce uh, position, uh, control room. It was not a control room operator. It was a control room announcer. All of the uh, radio engineers uh, yeah. handled the equipment. So
2: you didn't touch equipment. Didn't at touch all. equipment you, you at all. You were just to talk. That's that, right. that was just your job. Talked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: then I did some radio script writing. Okay. I, for instance, I wrote church announcements. And that was a very interesting job because how could you be creative in announcing a church meeting? <laughs> it really was very difficult. We'll be meeting
2: again at 11 a.m. Right. on right. Sunday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was all right. It was the beginning of getting acquainted with the oral medium, A-U-R-A-L, uh-huh. the hearing medium, getting acquainted with that because that's very important yeah. that um, we think in audio terms, not in visual visual terms.
2: In, in those days, drama was a big part of radio production, it and it certainly was at Moody, and you played a key role in some of that. When, when did that begin?
0: I was a producer for Aunt Teresa's program, the KYB Club. A children's
2: program. Children's program,
0: mm-hmm. and she wanted to have a little drama, and we discovered that one of our sound men, uh, who sound effects men, was a sailor in World War II, and he said, Oh, he said, I could write a script about a sailor in the o- on the ocean. They said, let's do it. So we tried it, and it worked out okay. And thus was born The Adventures of Sailor, sailor
2: Sam. Sailor Sam. What year did that begin?
0: That began in 1950.
2: As a part of KYB Club?
0: Right, a part of the KYB oh, Club. Right. About seven minutes of KYB Club, which was an hour-long program at mm-hmm. that time.
2: And it was on Sundays? It was, was on, it, or Sunday, or on Sunday afternoons, afternoons 2 o'clock. After church, uh, families would bring their That's children right. to the studio Families would uh, sit up in the gallery and watch the kids as Aunt Teresa exactly. told stories, and there was music. And yeah. I, I've I've heard some some stories about that. And
0: then we had some fun doing this little drama, which carried on from week to week. And then about four years later, the transistor was invented, and um, we decided to uh, reduce the KYB Club to a half hour, and. Um, So Sailor Sam had nowhere to go except to go up, and it was pushed into a 15-minute program.
2: (laughs) So it became its own program. Its own program. And you were Sailor Sam Mm -hmm. from the beginning.
0: Had the privilege of producing the program from the studio uh, as well as doing the acting.
2: Yeah. I can remember hearing some of those programs. I think it was Bill Pierce at one point. Bill Pierce was the announcer. What was the announcer?
0: Yes. The Adventures
2: of Sailor Sam. That's it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great fun. Well, I don't know if you remember this or not, but you and I, many years ago, were part of a group of people who went canoeing for whatever reason, and <laughs> well, you and I were in one canoe. That's
0: right. It was a management retreat, and yes. this was a break from our busyness as management. Yeah, managers.
2: and this is long after Sailor Sam oh, had yes. ceased production, but you were still known as Sailor Sam in that's those right, days. That's yeah. It was entirely my fault, but I overturned the canoe.
0: I'm not sure it was your fault. I think
2: it was my fault. I can't imagine Sailor <laughs> oh, okay. Sam I'll take, I'll not, be, not being able to turn, you know, pilot a canoe. Yeah. But, uh, so I have the distinction of being the only person who's gone down with a ship with Sailor Sam. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's one of them. Although my other Sailor Sam story is being in the on a lake in Wisconsin. Our friend said, did you ever— get on a sailing craft? I said, no, I never had been. (laughs) But I played
2: one on the radio.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So we had a a plastic um, ship with a sail on it, and we sailed out, but it was a very windy day. And Sailor Sam, and actually the sailboat went down about four or five times. We had wet jackets on, of course, (laughs) but we got it up again. But eventually Sailor Sam had to be rescued By a rowboat.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And coming up in the second half of our conversation, we'll be joined by Winnie Christensen, Chuck's wife of many years. Stay with us. This is Ed Cannon, president of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Thanks for listening to today's first-person interview. FEBC believes in the power of story, God's story, at work in the life of people who follow Christ. As we broadcast programs both into large population areas and remote villages of Asia, we hear amazing stories of how God touches hearts with His Word. If you'd like to hear more of those testimonies, please visit firstpersoninterview.com and click on the FEBC banner. My guest is Dr. Chuck Christensen, and we've known each other for many, many years. Chuck served Christ at Moody Bible Institute and has had such a distinguished career in radio. Uh, I didn't mention your academic career. Uh, you went on to, uh, to study and to uh, become a doctor in your field?
0: Yes, I had the privilege of going to Marquette University and then to Northern Illinois University. And, uh, of course, I had to do that because having moved from radio, which was really a hands-on thing, I needed some academic qualifications, which came through these additional studies.
2: Yeah. Well, joining us now also is Winnie Christensen, your wife. And uh, Winnie, great to have you here with us today. Oh, nice
1: to be with you.
2: It's uh, it's wonderful to see the two of you together uh, serving Christ still. I mean, Winnie, you're an author, Bible teacher for many, many years. Tell me your story just quickly. You, you have a connection with missionary parents.
1: Yes. I was born in China. My parents were missionaries in China. And um, so that accounted for it. Huh. And uh, I was born in the city of Xi'an, where which has become famous because that's where the terracotta warriors were oh, found.
2: Oh, yes, of course. Uh,
1: not during my lifetime there. They, they weren't were discovered, discovered until mm-hmm. the 1970s, which mm-hmm. was a little after I was born.
2: Yeah. Well, when did you two meet and what were the circumstances? I'm not sure which one of you wants to start that story, but <laughs> Winnie, we'll start with you.
1: Okay. Well, um, I was in nurses' training in uh, West Suburban Hospital on the west side of Chicago, and Chuck and Several other single men from Moody were going to a small church on the west side of Chicago, and student nurses discovered that there were these single men going there.
2: <laughs> it seems and, like a pretty good uh, match and, <laughs> Moody, Moody, Moody so, men and nursing school. And, that, nursing yeah, school, yeah.
1: It, and um, so I was invited to join the group, and I said, Well, I'm not going to be one of those silly nurses that falls in love with one of those guys, <laughs> but I'll come. So I went. And it wasn't long before I found myself getting very interested in one of the young men. So I left the church and went to another church for a while okay. and then thought, well, I'm all over it. I can go back. And I went back, and who was the greeter at the door but Chuck? And his first comment was, where have you been? And so, and you remember
0: that too, Chuck? I remember that very well, <laughs> certainly. So
1: it went on from there. Uh-huh. And um, we met. At this little church, and um, um, started going together, and um, now we've been married for 63 years. Yeah,
2: that was my next question. 63 years.
1: 63 years. Uh,
2: Four children, I want to say? Yes. Yes. Four children, and how many grandchildren?
1: Uh, Well, we have eight grandchildren and um, three (laughs) great-grandchildren, and... uh, Huh. They're all a delight yeah. and it's uh...
2: Well, the two of you have walked with the Lord a long time and uh, you've known the Lord's call on your life. Can we talk about that for a few minutes? um chuck your call to radio was, was it a, was there a moment or was it a gradual thing
0: it was a gradual thing uh getting into radio though of course began to confirm it so as i progressed along in the career path of being in uh, radio it, more and more i realized the value and the opportunities that came with radio broadcasting so it, it grew and uh after I'd been in radio and then moved to full time in 1950, I had a firm conviction this is what I ought to pursue. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, s- explored some other kinds of options in radio, but none of those came about, so I stayed at Moody Bible Institute, yeah. and I'm glad that I did. Yeah,
2: and, and Winnie, of course, in addition to raising those children, along came uh, writing books and leading Bible studies, so you've had a definite call in your life as well.
1: Yes, and um it's been uh, an amazing journey really uh,
2: for a young couple listening and maybe they're searching for God's will for their life what is God's call for us you know it's, there's got to be something more than you know just living for ourselves what advice do you have
0: i think one of the answers to that question is uh, are you as a couple uh, reading the scriptures together and praying together Because it's in that kind of a setting that God is able to move your life. It may only be inches over a period of time, and yet there can be an irresistible force that calls you and says, we could do more. Would you do this? Would you do that? Mm-hmm. And so we also had the opportunity as a couple uh, to write a column in the Moody Monthly magazine when it existed. And we did that for 16 years. We invited readers to send in questions.
2: I had forgotten and, all about oh, that
1: column. Yeah. We were the Dear Chuck and Winnie. Yes, you know, yes, like of the course. I remember or... now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And, of, and of course, <laughs> as, as our friends in New Zealand used to call that kind of a of. Of a um, writing assignment, an agony column. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it was agony to write like, sometimes, you, right? It was. Yeah. You are agony exactly to meet the right. Lines, yeah. You are exactly right. But, um, Winnie, your was, perspective on, on hearing God's voice and, yeah. and coming together as a couple in ministry.
1: Well, I think doing the, the things that are opportunities at the time, you know, beginning with Sunday school teaching and being involved in a local church and then uh, as a wife and, and mother uh, a friend of mine and i decided to start a bible study together for the community in the neighborhood you're talking and about
2: simple steps here aren't simple you simple steps
1: yes. start with you know little things and and open doors that you know, god opens really mm-hmm. and it went on from there mm-hmm. and uh, really felt that this was what the Lord wanted for me to do. Right before we came to see you, hmm. we were studying in the Book of Hebrews. You're still doing we're, it.
2: Sixty-three years later, we're, yes.
1: we're still learning. Team that, oh, teaching absolutely. Oh, are we ever <laughs> having a Bible study where we live at Friendship Village wow. with a wide variety of people, and it's delightful. Hmm. And we're learning. We never stop learning.
2: No life is without its share of heartache. Um, Without being specific, how have you handled those times in your life together?
1: Well, being together in our faith in the Lord has been a tremendous help. But very early in our marriage, we had some of the most difficult challenges that we have faced faced in our marriage. The first child we had lived three days and died of a very rare congenital heart. A year and a week later, we had another child. And he had the same defect. They said it defied medical statistics because it was such a rare form of congenital heart. And he lived three days and passed away.
2: Your first two children.
1: First two children, full-term deliveries, beautiful little girl and boy.
2: So naturally you're thinking, will we ever have children?
1: Well, then I had a miscarriage. So we lost three early in our marriage. There is that feeling that you can't help but have, God, I've been going with you. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Are we ever going to have children? And, you know, you have that struggle of, I think I'm doing all the right things. Mm. (laughs) Not that we're perfect, but Mm -hmm. trying to. And why are we having this level of pain, But how do you and account
2: that it drew you together instead of driving you apart when you had such heartache? Well,
1: well we a, didn't know at, at the time how many divorces come when couples lose yeah. children. And so consequently,
0: uh, there was a great deal of prayer. And we were grateful for a great deal of support from our friends at work and friends in our local church. So all of those, along with our own uh, prayers of asking God why, although we never had an answer to that in one sense. Yet there was the determination to say, we believe that God lives and that God is good. And so we pursued on. And then God gave us four additional children. Mm
1: -hmm. And you know, that's one of the lessons that even at this stage of our lives we're getting in our study in the book of Hebrews right now, that faith is believing, number one, that God exists, Mm And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, God exists and God is good. Just keep those facts in mind, keeping your focus on who the Lord is. And he doesn't change and he's there for you. He is the one who brings you through those times. I had somebody, a minister actually, accuse me of losing my faith because I stood by the graveside of Another family that had lost a baby, and I went to the graveside and cried through the whole service. Mm. And he said, because I cried, he was afraid Winnie's losing her faith. And so then you learn We weep with
2: those who weep, don't we? That's right, Right. we do. Not
1: to assume things— The comfort to me was Jesus wept at a grave, so it's perfectly all right. And I've talked to many, many people since then (laughs) that (laughs) that it is okay to cry and to grieve. That's great counsel.
0: And we need to learn to pray together in the quiet times and in the ordinary times so when the crises come, There's a natural desire for us together to come into the Lord's presence and present ourselves to Him and look for His grace and help.
1: And to learn to be grateful. We often say, well, you can go to the Lord when you're really down and things are hard, but we need just as much, if not more, to go to Him, to thank Him, to praise Him, to begin the day with gratitude.
2: What great insights today from this couple who have and are walking closely with God through life. Chuck and Winnie Christensen, our guests today on First Person. Please visit our website for more about this conversation. It's firstpersoninterview.com. And if you'd like to comment, use our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. And let me take a moment to thank the Far East Broadcasting Company for supporting this program. For more, visit firstpersoninterview.com, click on the FEBC banner to learn more about this effective ministry, the Far East Broadcasting Company. Next week, our focus will be on those who have yet to hear the gospel. Churches are being urged next weekend on Pentecost Sunday to observe Day for the Unreached. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First
0: Person.